Welcome to First Generation Burden, a series of conversations with immigrants and the children of immigrants. My name is Rich Tu and I'm your host. This is episode 41. We're in season five. We have a really fun episode today with returning guest Sophia Chang, illustrator, designer, entrepreneur, Queens native, family from Taiwan. We had so much fun last time that we talked that we wanted to do it again, also in season. And we wanted to aim for at least two times the content so we get a double shot of this stuff uh, because we also did a quad shot of espresso from Office Coffee over at Canal Street Market where this was recorded. Uh, and that was up top of the episode. So there's a bit of an unauthorized collab here. Also, it was the same day as a launch party for Undo Magazine, so there was just a lot going on. We talk about our recent projects with Adidas Originals, Mall Culture, how to manage brand collaborations, and also how she got her first sneaker deal with Puma. It was pretty revolutionary at the time, so I'm glad we got into it. Also, look out this Thursday for a bonus episode of First Gen with Sophia, where we talk and riff about her SEO, riveting content in the words of Adam Garcia. Um, Also, don't forget to rate us, drop a review, shout out to Listening Party where this is recorded. Also, the anal street market reference right up top is from something that we laughed about off mic so don't be too alarmed like i said we break format a bit we have fun here so here's our conversation hold on let's do a bit of a preface sophia chang welcome back to first generation burden thank you so much i'm so happy to be here oh yeah absolutely here at a listening party at anal street market i mean canal street market mm-hmm. um actually i have to thank you for giving me the connect here and actually connecting a lot of those dots we were able to do season four of first gen burden here at listening party that uh that yeah hooked of up course. with ryan biazon and mm-hmm. also simon yeah it was a really good look so sophia's back here she is the second returning guest we don't often do returning guests what yeah second not first okay that's cool you saw that to me <laughs> as first but that's fine yeah exactly You're, you'll you'll be first to all of our listeners in their hearts um, but the reason we wanted to come back was because we had such a great time the first time and the first episode that you did was a special drop, not in regular season. We wanted to do something that was in season. And also because, uh, you, you and I have, uh, we vibrate at a similar frequency when we both happen to be on the microphone together. Oh Here we go. So we, we are officially doing, uh, quad shot espressos, but that, well, that's what they told me. There was a. And uh, shout out to... Uh, I signed up for a double shot. How did it turn into quad all of a sudden? Uh, well, uh, Kelly, Kelly here behind the curtain can actually attest to it. There was a lot of math happening over there that very much confused me. <laughs> yep, sounds about right. That's why we draw. Yeah, exactly. I was confused by the math and then the way that the very talented barista was was using his arm motions with the espresso machine. He's like, so do you want a quad shot? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, whatever you're suggesting right now is what I'll take. So we took the... The quad shot, which is their double shot. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. So what time is it? 10.30 a.m. around there? Uh, Sunday yeah. morning? Sunday morning. And we're hoping to travel into outer space right now. Okay, Speaking here we go. Speaking of 1.5 speed, naturally. Cheers. Cheers. Should All we right. boomerang this? Should we boomerang it specifically? We're, <laughs> we're not ready. Oh, my God. That is strong. That is very I've, strong. I seriously have never had... Espresso? I've seen, have maybe one. The only t- actually, you would relate to this Chinese Asian stuff. Go for it. Um, whenever they're like, I'm like, oh, do you have like almond milk or non dairy options? They're like, yeah, it's like fifty cents, and then this one is seventy five cents. I'm like, Mm-mm, I'll just have it black. I'm not paying <laughs> no fifty cents for that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of almond milk though. Everyone loves oat milk. Yeah. I don't love. I don't get. It. I literally just tried it yesterday, and I'm like, mm, 
don't love I'm it. not a milk New person. New York loves it. Are you a milk person in general? M-Y-L-K, sure. Non-dairy <laughs> stuff. I, I like almond milk. I'm into macadamia milk too. Gotcha. Um, if people are trying to be fancy. But you know what's really funny? I recently just went back to the motherland in Taiwan. Hmm. And they have a coffee, coffee culture there. They obviously drink a lot of tea, oolong tea. Um, but they have a ton of Oatly everywhere. Really? Oatly made it all the way to this tiny island in Asia called Taiwan. And they're in the Shout out to shop. Oatly. Yeah. So random. But what, are, you, are you a partaker of that or no? Yes, no. <laughs> I found my favorite like mix-in. It's like a, it's like a barista farm one or something. I know the packaging, and when Whole Foods feels like carrying it, they'll carry it. So it's a hit or miss for me. Gotcha. That one's like my favorite one. Oh, okay. So, but you are somewhat fancy with coffee. I'm more of like a black coffee drinker. Where I will in the morning. Meanwhile, you're drinking uh, V8. Show well. This is I had to. <laughs> I was out last night, and then I just needed something with. With vitamins Where in it. Where did you get that from? Uh, I brought this from the house. Oh, yeah. There are multiple the hands phones that appear from the curtains. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like so it's bizarre. like a Jack Nicholson in The Shining, yeah, just like exactly. pair of hands just breaking right I through. Home. For real. So, um, welcome back. Um, and also, we are now officially uh, induced with caffeine. So, and then ca- it's just going to start speeding up from here. It's going to yeah, go for really sure. fast. Exactly. Caffeine powered podcast. Um, I, what I would love for this is to be like a bit of a part two because we had such a great co- time last time. Um, I want to know a little bit about what you're doing now. Um, and also, I just want to dip into a couple of topics which I wanted to get to in our last conversation, but we never got to. So, oh, wow. Yeah, for real. We only got through two questions last time of 10. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we just like went right off the yep, rails. Yep. Yeah. And then we had a little bit of a part two for the for the undo. Yes. Yeah. For the undo podcast. And then uh, what, that is like currently out in the world. Yes. Or that's going to launch soon. No, not yet. Not, we're, not, we're potentially seeing if we can carve out some opportunities with Listening Party and some other um, like platforms and stuff like that gotcha to figure out where we can have it live so that oh, that's like cool just more awareness and just seeing how we can optimize that visibility more gotcha optimize that visibility yeah, you like that? yeah no i like that so well uh, what what's your <laughs> roi and then what's your kpi after the fact oh god that's the part where i'm like the worst <laughs> i need to be better at it the metrics oh yikes yeah get on that I'm advanced like, metric situation <laughs> just be- just be- don't you trust me no i'm just kidding <laughs> That's just basically the first page of like your deck presentation. Yeah, exactly. Don't you trust me? I should start with that. That's a good tip. I might do that. I'm not even kidding. That's actually not a bad idea. Like the first, the first slide. Literally. Meanwhile, we start going into deck design. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, deck design. Ah, uh, so painful. That's like the bane of every designer's I existence like it. right now. I like it. I think I like it to a certain extent as well, but there. Many times which I don't like it. What I don't like is when you're doing deck design for an agency yes. and you're the graphic designer and every time there's a change, they have to tell you to make the change because you're the only person who knows how to apparently use the app. Yeah, that, that is a painful piece. Even though it might be just PowerPoint. Right, and for then, sure. And then like the marketing person's just, they don't want to do it. They want you to do it. Yeah, they do. And That's you just true. have to change a word or a number. But you still have to open the file, <laughs> do it, resave it, resend it, and it's a whole. And then if it's a big file, then it's like a whole thing. Right, but just because was, of some other idiot's like typo. Yeah, that was like big part of my life. Usually it was my typo, but still. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Um, I remember the first time I actually had to design a deck that was like a multi-page, like full 360 campaign deck. I was like, wow, this is a a very intense experience. But I found it so educational because 
the 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 learnings of 360 strategy as well as campaign creation. Yeah, like you can learn. Like if you're actually reading it and paying attention to it. Right. Some designers aren't. They're just they allow themselves to be the hands and pictures. Yeah. Um, I think it's fun because I see it as any other um like art platform like a magazine. Sure, sure, sure. You're just you're just revealing content in a certain format. Right. But in a deck, there's two different types of decks. It's it's some that like you just send to people and they open it and they get it. Or like they can circulate it. Yes. Or there's some that are meant to be accompanied by someone presenting it. Uh, oh, like a keynote. Exactly. Yes. But there's ways to make nice keynotes. Yes. You know? That's true. There are um, nice keynotes. Yeah, no, I saw when you went to Adobe Max, oh, your yeah. friend. Uh, Juan Carlos? Juan. Yes. Um. Yeah, no, I saw his presentation or whatever was on the screen. It looked super cool. I was like, damn. You know, designers. Wait, I was that it. Adobe Max or wasn't it Adobe Max? I hate it when designers really set the bar when it comes to like presentation design that's oh yeah because i really put in the bare minimum i'm more like the chatty person <laughs> and then and then like i just try to have illustrations because i'm like well sometimes sure. typography is boring no but it's good um, to present eye candy and then you, yeah yeah you just talk it's to the eye candy and it's fun yeah so yeah, oh but- that brings us to where i wanted to start okay yes so you're back in town. We're here uh, at listening party for, and also today is the Undo Magazine launch. Yes. Which I had the pleasure of like doing a little bit of a piece in with Ahmed Kling and also again. Joanna Pauline. Um, and aging. And also you, last night you did a thing at JD Sports, right? Yeah. Have you heard of them? Yes, I have heard of them. Okay. Yeah. And you did over in Queens, right? Yeah. But, but what I loved about like your story was that you said that you had... Uh, you were at at the mall, your childhood mall. That was my childhood mall. Which is wild. So full circle. I've gotten lost in that mall. I had to go to security. <laughs> my dad got into an argument once. He he usually drops me and my mom off. Um, and he was parking the car. And then there was like an altercation. And there oh, really? was a whole situation. And, you know, I was that kid that was always hidden inside the clothing racks. If people were shopping. I'm were, an only child. Right. So I didn't have much to were do. Were you a hider kid? Were you a no, runaway and hide kid? I was an entertain myself kid. <laughs> entertain myself, try not to get in trouble because I was always getting into trouble sure. all the time. It was the worst. Oh my God. So tell us about the event last night. Um, I want to know. And also I want to talk about the Apple event that you recently did because I want to yes. share experiences with that too. Oh, fun. Ooh, okay. Um, so last night's event was at Roosevelt Field Mall, exit 39 off the LIE. Very far. Most people don't make it past, you know, Shea Stadium, right. City Field, whatever. Um, and it was with JD Sports and Adidas Originals. Tight. So the opportunity and how they tied me in was basically they had me do some illustrations beforehand, and the illustrations were then applied on T-shirts, like live uh, heat pressed yes. on uh, sweatshirts and yeah, mainly sweatshirts. And it was free. That's that was like That's awesome. amazing and huge. Um, and then there were posters in the front, so people could sign up. They get a ticket. They get their heat pressed. There were different designs, different blanks that they could choose, and they pick it themselves and then they could come up in the front and then I'll sign a poster for them. So um, shout out to Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. Walking through. Yo, uh, Ryan's jacket is yeah, popping this, off right now. He's getting ready Wait, for issue can nine. We, can we talk about Ryan's jacket? We're trying to talk about your jacket. Yeah. Right? You look so shout good. out to Ryan Biazon walking through with the ill fit. You know what the best part is? We haven't stayed on one topic for more than yeah, like 30 I know. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. How do we get the laugh track on here? Because I'm, now I'm looking at the soundboard. How do I? Oh. Oh my God. Oh my God. You have no idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let's do. <laughs> Yo, you're going to completely change the audio experience of this podcast. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Oh my God. I'm so excited for this. Are you ready? I am so ready. Oh, just have to turn 
Yeah, th- we're just gonna break format with this entire episode. Let's just do we... it. Okay, let's do. Yeah, let's, let's I, do I, I, yeah, exactly. I'm ready. Perfect. Um. Okay. Oh, so, so JD Sports. So JD Sports. Um. Yeah. So it was really great. It was really cool because obviously, look, growing up in Queens, we don't have a lot of nice malls. We have Queen Center Mall, which is kind of pretty shitty until more recently. So Roosevelt Field was like the nice mall. And it was a mall that we would go to on the weekend. Oh, yeah, and the like weekend special mall. special occasions. And it was this magical place where all the stores were. And, you know, mall culture doesn't exist in New York City. Like, you watch right. it on TV and movies. Because I'm like, a Jersey kid, so all I think about is malls Yeah, like, like, I know mall culture is really big for people outside of, like, major key cities. So, like, we're so compressed here. It was, like, having access to malls, like... Well, I mean, not that I ever went with friends, very rarely, because, like, you have to have a car. It's, sure. like, a 40-minute drive, and it's a whole thing. But anyways, the event was really cool. I think my favorite part was there were so m- many families there, because it's the holidays right now. So there were so many people with families and, like, kids. Yes. And the kids, like, their age ranged, but for the most part, they were, like, you know, like, preteens kind of situation. But there were kids that were looking at me like, what? Like you drew this and like that's you're so cool. Here? That's and there was so an, cool. There was an Asian girl that was like nine, mm-hmm. and then she was like, she asked me literally three times in like full shock, and her face was just like, "Wait, you you did this? Like you're here? <laughs> Wait, you're here and you did this and you drew this?" And right. they're like, like you could see the calculations in her brain where she's like, <laughs> does not register. Cause like, right. and I thought like that was so huge because it's like you don't realize that that is an option, like as a as an Asian person. Because of what your parents have told you in all your right. years. That like when you see that you're like, wait, I have this as an option. Yeah, that you can actually huge. do this. Yeah. Yeah, you had fun with this thing and now this thing can actually get you to a place. Yeah, they were just like, huh? It was great. Do you often see that? Because like with with your presentations. And well, I'm also- usually not around kids that young. So that oh, was really cool. Oh, got it. They were like eight to 12 Okay. Year old kids. Oh, so what was the product at the end What with your, with your drawings as well as like what was the giveaway to the crowd? Well, it was a full range of like range. age groups, but like the the younger the kids that really were like, "Whoa, what is going on?" was like that age group, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. What was your question? Oh, what was the what was the giveaway or the product? Um, sweatshirt. Oh, sweatshirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there were like sweatshirts with my graphic printed on it. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, did you, and can how do I get a sweatshirt? You had to be there yesterday. Oh shit! Between five to seven. Between five to no, seven. No, it was three to five, something like that. Oh, something okay. odd numbers. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Nice. How did the Apple presentation go? Apple presentation was great. And you're part of the, the sketch series. Yes. Was that in so, October or November? Uh, I believe it was October. It. it was an art lab event for Today at Apple, which is a series of yes. ongoing events that Apple has been doing to just um, bring in some great creatives, yep. cool storytellers, and tie it back into product at each each of their like main stores. Um, and I think they they run that programming like out of like Fifth Avenue, Soho, yes. Williamsburg, and whatever, um, which is great because Rich and I had the pleasure of doing that. Yeah, separately, it, separately, but same, separately, same location. I know I did mine at Williamsburg. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've uh, been stealing a lot of cool people at Williamsburg. It's like internal <laughs> beef. You know how like Nike, there's like beef between the departments, like like running versus like basketball, right, or whatever. Exactly. Like they're like who's that. cooler with yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like oh yeah, they got to this person first. <laughs> I roll. What, how was uh, the glass box? I've never presented there. I've, I've done a thing at the Williamsburg now, but then also at the Soho space. How's the new Fifth so, Ave? So random part about 
Fifth Ave was obviously FAO Shorts used to be there too. Not th okay. Let me just clear clarify something. My parents would take me to the mall and they wouldn't buy me anything. So that was also like the worst part. So I used to grow up and go to FAO Shorts and they'll be like, Sophia, come here, play with everything. Like, like my parents, you know those little playhouses, <laughs> the plastic ones that you would yes. keep in the backyard. Yes. My parents would take me to Toys R Us. Yes. They would lift me up, put me inside the playhouse that's on the shelf the second floor of the shelf and be like Sophia you have fun you let right. us know when you're ready you're like you a just, cat in a tree yeah and you jump and we'll, we'll just take you down <laughs> that was how I played in these playhouses that's so funny which is so rude now that I think of it so they would oh, yeah. take me to these malls and shopping centers <laughs> childhood and traumas yes a trauma literally trauma. Yeah, trauma and that's probably why I turned into like slightly hype beast like sneaker person <laughs> buying expensive shit in my 20s exactly i never yeah. had anything like uh, when toys are us closed you're the only one that's happy that toys are us closed just because it triggered the hell out of you exactly <laughs> um so what was the question oh what was the question oh uh oh okay, Fifth Fifth House Fifth okay. so fao shorts i used to go there all the time as a kid yeah phenomenal transformative just amazing magic magical yes place. that's all it was as soon as you walked in it was just magic right in there so, uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, and then Fifth Avenue. R.I.P. Tom Hanks and Big. Oh, yeah. And Arnold, um, there were all these Christmas movies when we were growing up. Remember? Yeah, there were, yeah. Um, anyways, so Glass Box was really cool as well. Um, I actually camped out there years ago for the iPhone 4. Oh, First time and only time I've ever camped out for a fucking iPhone. That was iPhone. a beautiful iPhone. My friends and I wanted to, my friends wanted to do it. And I was like, look, I've never done this. Let's just do it. Was the iPhone 4 the first one with the bezel? Was that the first bezel phone? It's the phone? one that looks like the SE, but smaller. Oh, God. So, remember, that was my first iPhone. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was like a lot of people's I think first that might iPhone. have been my first iPhone, too. Maybe that's why really? that happened. I jumped from, I moved from a BlackBerry, ooh, a BlackBerry Storm, which is a piece ooh. of trash, by the way. Which, you know, they brought the Razor back. I know, which I, but that's just irony, isn't it? Like that plus the Supreme Burner phone, isn't that... Oh, that soundboard is going to be like the death of me now. I know, I'm going to be addicted to this. Um, so, so the event was great. Yes. Um, my whole thing was, uh, you know, like a drawing activation with yeah. Procreate and iPad Pro, and I was like, Do you know well, how to use Procreate? Are you good at it? Now, now, now I'm into it. Really? Now, remember we did it. We did a demo in, a, in the middle of a restaurant. I pulled out my iPad and I was like, Rich, oh, you have to that's use it. Right. <laughs> remember? Um, oh, because oh, I saw you the night before. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah, and then Sophia. So we're sitting at this uh, Chinese restaurant. Oh, what was what restaurant was it? Mala Project. Mala it Project. So it was so dope, and actually the food was delicious. And then in the middle of dinner, Sophia pulls out her iPad and shows me how to use Procreate. And then I'm uh, I'm also trying to absorb information too because I have to do a similar presentation and also use with the same device with the same app that we were both unfamiliar it, with. It, totally. So then you got familiar with it. Um, I got enough fam fam familiar enough for the event, and then afterwards I started playing with it because I got jobs that came in, and I was just right. thinking of, oh, what are all the different ways that I can like apply this app? Sure. Um, but no, the event was great. I had to, I did uh, a draw your own map of New York, and where that came from was, uh, you know, a lot of times when people come to town, you show them around, yeah. you kind of like tailor. You have this list. People are like, send me your list, and sometimes oh, you're cool. repeating yourself and writing this list over and over and over again. So the idea was create your own map of New York, whether you're visiting or you're here. Maybe it's just a map that's all food. Yep. Or maybe it's a map that's all monuments. Yeah. Maybe it's, or it's a, a mixture of everything. So I had, you know, walked everyone through, kind of procreate and kind of drew my version of New York. Sure. And you can use like landmarks and whatever. Did you have assistants up there? Yes. Oh, you so did. So they okay. had a procreate expert girl that was there. 
um, that was super helpful. No, that wasn't applicable. I'm new to this. I thought it was applause. Was this applause? It's applause. Yes. You, you can shout you can, out to Jane. She was so she was really the MVP. Shout of that out to night. Jane. Um, you can so, you can also double tap it if you want to like cut it off. Oh. Okay. So you can do a quick one. So we can just do a. Cricket? Little cricket, yeah. Okay. I just hit a random button. Um, so so yeah, so that was great. Uh, like yeah, and then the, what what kind of sucked though was yes. that I had usually when I do events nowadays. Ever since this year, I started to hire my own photographers because oh. I'm doing these events and I'm drawing and I'm teaching. Like right. I'm not and, taking pictures and of myself. You need the content. I need the content, but more so like their event photographers. They don't turn around the content fast enough for you. A yes. for social. That's true. But B. If I'm updating my portfolio, sometimes your event photographers either aren't good yes. or they don't get... They don't um, focus on the work. Yeah, yeah. And like sometimes if you're working an entire event, they're shooting the entire event. They don't just get shoot like photos of you and I'll end up with two photos. And I'm like, okay, this is not even that good <laughs> to put in my portfolio because yeah. you know how it is. If you put it online in your portfolio or on social, that's how other clients would be like, oh, I didn't know you could do right. this and we should hire her for this. So what was super shitty was I hired someone and I gave them a fucking shot list and they did not follow the shot list. Oh, and I literally, no. like he went, and here, keep in mind, this is Fifth Avenue. This is the reopening of the Fifth Avenue yeah, store, the glass deal. box big in New York City, right across the street from the Plaza Hotel. Yes. And totally dropped the ball. Wow. Yeah. That, was, that, so, that photographer was your person. Yeah. Oh, so, yes. um, so new thing now I have to figure out is like finding content creators. And I have a lot of friends that are like, you should just put it on the internet. Like, like I was. I just, what does that mean? Did you just put like it I just on the did an event with Vashti as well in Montreal. Gotcha. Montreal. Oh, I saw that. Yes, super fun. It was like a panel, women's stuff. Yeah. Um, all of our periods synced. Just kidding. <laughs> 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 Ooh. <laughs> Oh, that was a great. That was good. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah, Spooky exactly. was the name of that sound bite. Fantastic. Um, wow, you're really killing that sound bite. I know. I like. Kind of, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, where can we apply it? So, um, no. So she was just like, oh yeah, if you touch down in a city, just put a thing on Insta stories, be like, hey, I'm looking for content creators. DM yeah. me. And I've had multiple people, you know, who have a song, a strong social presence. Who yes. Do a lot of work that need content that say that, but like. I'm kind of creeped out by it because I'm like, what if there's weirdos or what if they're not good at work? And then like sure. I hired them and then they fucking dropped the ball. Sure. It's pretty traumatic. Yeah, that's know? true. That's true. Well, I guess that's the risk they but put out. One way to learn, though. Yeah. One way to find out. Well, I mean, if, if that's that's kind of like the the on demand approach to to, you know, content creation assistance. Yeah. So I guess there is a little but bit of risk with time, that anyway. If we're talking about Internet and smoke and mirrors. Yeah. If you're good, you're just good. Like, we can talk about the magazine really fast, We too. can talk about the magazine, so yeah. So, the magazine, my business partner, Vash, and I have been working on this magazine since 2013. Oh, yeah. Um, it's all about health and wellness. It's called Undo Ordinary. The magazine is called Undo Mag. We do events around, you know, the different verticals. We talk about mental health, physical yep. health, fitness, nutrition, but all packaged in a way that's digestible and interesting for creatives. So, the cool thing about it is it's all contribution-based. This newest issue, which we're celebrating today, has over 300 um, global contributors. Right. And people who are just down, like yourself. Like, you yeah. literally just hit me up for, like, I'm going to do a shoot with my friend who's famous, who's an amazing photographer, <laughs> and shot, like, all these famous people. And we're going to, we're just going to do it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, totally. And we have, we have so many great people who, who offer us that, that content and collaborate with their community and partners, yeah. which is exactly how organic that, like, you know, this organic uh, system that we kind of set up. Yes, yes. Um, the crazy thing, though, is that we have a lot of contributors that are like, we want to shoot for you. I'm a photographer. I want to do this. Or sometimes we need a photographer or a stylist for certain jobs and we can't really piece things together. So we, we look within our community and, or, right. you know, put the word out there. Yep. 
the crazy thing is a lot of photographers are like internet photographers. So you go to their Instagram, it checks out beautiful images, website checks out, everything's great. Client looks good. Client list looks good. And then I give everyone specs as far as like how to submit for a magazine. So here's yeah. your dimensions. Don't oh, worry so they don't about know how to be how to be print photographer. They don't even know how to do how to be editorial. D- yeah, how to do 300 DPI. They're sending me photos that are 600,000 yeah. pixels uh, <laughs> by like 851 yeah. Yeah, exactly. DPI. I'm like, who even yeah, has exactly. your settings like this? For real, for real. First of all, if you have settings pixels, like that. 32 DPI or something. Yeah, and oh, you know how it is. Like every time you're working with a new client, get your dimensions, get your delivery format. Sometimes yeah. it's JPEG, AI, uh, PDF, PNG, whatever. That's like, I mean. That's the professionalism gap though. That's the professionalism gap that exists with the internet. Yes. And that's the thing that makes me scared because I've dealt with so much crazy trauma um, with work ethics, work, um, just ability to deliver or yeah. they claim and, and everything checks out. And of course, all your images are going to look beautiful on yeah, a, of course. a fucking of course. tiny iPhone screen. Um, but for editorial, people will submit stuff. I zoom into 100% and it's pixelated. It's overexposed. Uh-uh. It's out of yeah. focus. Right, right, right. And like, all your no levels offense, are just all these, over like, the place. Yeah, and I'm not even a photographer and I know that. But the problem is like these people, they do free work and it's, or sometimes, you know, sometimes we have people coming together, we get brands involved and whatever because we need some product seating. It's a fashion shoot yeah. and then the images come back crazy and I'm just like, uh, I have to put this <laughs> in the publication. Everyone put all this time in. Yeah. So and how were you, how was your team navigating that then? How were you navigating like the, the, so the professionalism hard. gap? It's so hard because again, you look at their Instagram, you look at their website, you look at their client list. Right. If all of that checks out, you can only hope and pray that these people know how to submit stuff. Right. And it's like, but at the same time, I guess I could ask them like, hey, do you, have you done editorial work? And most people, but again, if you ask a new age photographer, they don't, they don't think editorial as in magazine, yeah. editorial. They think editorial as in like a blog. Sure, sure. Which is a type of editorial, to be fair. It is. It is absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just dealing with that, and it's right. just growing pains. And and you've done that rigor. You've you spent time in in actual like physical publication world, and you are spending time with it in it with undo, and also you know the spectrum of print yeah. to well, internet and, needs. And that's to, why I'm lucky because yeah. I have had that experience, and so you have that rigor. Right. And and that's just a big thing. I mean, you know, if we're talking about millennials and new age creative people and their work ethics being crazy yeah. and, and instant gratification, like and neurotic um, attention spans and stuff like that, like that all goes into it. Like the other day I was with my friend. We were meeting up with someone. Uh, he had hired a, a photographer who was like in his early 20s. We sent him the address. We're standing in front of the door number and this kid is like literally across the street spinning around on his iPhone trying to find the location. (laughs) And I was and we're like, what is wrong with this guy? And in in my head, it clicked for me. I was like, oh, my God, these kids, they grew up with these devices in their hands that they don't even realize. Let me walk down the street. Right. Even numbers are on one side. The odd numbers are on the other. I know. Yeah. The the city's a grid. Yeah. Yeah. The GPS Kind of gets me there, but like sometimes I'm going to have to rely on the numbers or maybe look at the cross streets. Sometimes they see the numbers <laughs> oh, on yeah. there in which direction you're looking oh, yeah. in. And I just realized like so many kids don't even know how to do that. And it's not that they're stupid. It's just that they haven't had the experience with print editorial experience with, because print is a dying thing, yep. right? 
uh, or What's they haven't had thing? experience with you know not having Google Maps and Hop Stop and whatever. Right. What hop Stop. Ma- What's Map Quest? Oh, Map Quest. Hop Stop was the one for subways. Map Quest was for driving. Oh. You'd have to print it out beforehand. I, I remember Map Quest. Yeah. I've done cross country road trips with Map Quest. Uh, we all have. Uh, yeah. Not, not the cross country, but we've all used Map Quest to oh, somehow yeah. drive and then look at the printed eight and a half by eleven, <laughs> figure out where we're going. I remember using Map Quest to drive from New Jersey. All the way to California to help my friend. He was moving to to the West Coast, right? So we drove his his gold uh, Honda Accord from Jersey over to the West Coast, and then I remember we spent three hours getting lost in St. Louis. Beautiful. Yeah, because because we, we were like reading this this map quest set of directions. Yeah. I just got so confused. I like this, these little points. You know what my dad used to do? We used to always have a map inside our car, but okay. the big one. Oh the yeah, the one that will oh, like cover a Rand up like McNally the entire, map. Oh, the entire yeah. windshield. My dad used to have those too. Somehow he'll find where we're going. Where, How? How is that even like, possible? Wait, hold on. <laughs> As an illustrator, yes. Imagine drawing that. Oh yeah. That was by hand. All yeah. those little boxes were by hand. They it, were not Photoshoppy copy. That's based. true. You have to be like a real map expert, and that was your profession. Like that and. That and uh, medical illustrations. Oh my god, I love it. What's yeah. that famous guy's name? Something gray. Oh. He, you know who I'm talking about, right? So he started out doing um, biological university um, design illustrations. And then he started to do these really beautiful ones that were like, I don't know, chakra energy shit. Oh, really? Um, something gray. Gray. Uh, but yeah, he became a very well-known graphic illustrator. And he started out doing a lot of me- like medicine, uh, anatomical stuff. Uh, I can't get onto the Well, anyways, yeah. there's a guy. There's a guy. Um, there's a guy who does that. There's a guy who does that. Yeah, like uh, I wonder what those maps now like. Is that just like one person now, or I I, I imagine the uh, that those maps are impossible to to. Good luck finding a young navigate. kid to try to sit around and draw that. Yeah, with the, with the meticulous does some approach. cool map stuff, but it's a more of a graphic approach. Yeah, it's that's not like true. That, but cool. Yeah, cool. In the world of cool. In the world of C O O L. Wait, but no shots at Paula Cher. Oh yeah. my God. No, Hold on, we let's can't... change it. Yeah. Paula Cher? Yes. She's amazing. <laughs> Shout out to Paula Cher, the goddess. I love Paula Cher. I saw her once. I think like I was maybe in, I was definitely in college, maybe sophomore. I went to this really interesting talk that uh, Jeff Staple put together with this company called Imprint. Culture Lab. Okay. And they had Paula Cher, Chip Kid, Mark Chip Echo. Kid. Chip Kid. They had all these cool people where I was just like, as a design student, wow. I was just like, wow, Chip oh my Kid, God, Mark Echo, and Paula Cher. Uh, just like, and then they had other people. I don't remember all their names, but, but, but like, just those three specifically. Like, yeah. That's an interesting creative diaspora. Just, it's just right like there. chills down your spine. Yeah, for sure. Um, but as a design student, I was like, this, ex-, you know, like, because when, when you're exposed to these resources yes. as a student, you're like, I never even knew this existed. Yeah, that's true. Like, I never knew like a guy like Chip Kid who did all these covers like existed. Yeah. Or Paula Cher who did all these amazing branding projects that occupy like our like right. everything in the streets. You're really just like what? Right. I remember Chip Kid for me like uh, what 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 he illuminated for me was the idea of taking comic book culture and also uh, kitsch right. kitsch pop culture and then bringing it into or validating it within an intellectual space. Oh my God. You know, like Christoph Neiman is so great at that as well. Oh yeah, he is too. Beast. He's a beast. Yeah, he is. He's like a legit Great thinker. Yes. Amazing. Like you're just in his brain. Yeah. Just like in his brain when you look at his drawings. Yeah. Um, I'm super into Rodrigo Corral. He is like God. Yeah. So you're familiar with his work, right? Yeah. Um, Oh my God. We actually, Rodrigo, 
I don't know him as a person very well, but we judged art. Oh, we, we judged an art director's club um, illustration category one year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was right after he had designed the, the Jay-Z un, uh, decoded book. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So, he's designed so many amazing like right. like covers that yes. people don't really know. They don't really tie it to, to his and work. And that's the cool thing about book cover design because yeah. like not everyone kind of puts the two and two together. Yeah, that's true. And and I feel like his execution is more of his thinking and his concept and his style, not yes. so much like it's an approach. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's his, not an aesthetic. His aesthetic. Well, his style is his approach, not yes. the actual like. Oh, it's illustration. It's always the same type of illustration or photography right. or collage. Oh, actually, so. that's really interesting because as illustrators, because you and I are historically trained as illustrators, yes. right? And like that's kind of what I always default to for me when uh, when people are like, "Oh yeah, Rich, uh, he's an illustrator," and like it kind of makes it kind of makes me feel some type of way because I I love that industry and also I love that part of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that I do other things now too. I don't always illustrate. Mm-hmm. For you, do you get? Do you still identify primarily as illustrator or is it a brand? Because I think of you as Sophia Chang, the brand now. Oh, thanks, you know? Rich. Yeah, for sure. That's I've a like... lot. That's a heavy weight to carry. I know, isn't it? Spooky. <laughs> Whoa. How, where am I going to go from here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I associate that sound now with uh, Sophia Chang, the brand, brand and uh, everyone's period sinking. So. Period <laughs> <laughs> That's so inappropriate. Yeah, I, I know. It. You started that, though. You know, okay. You know, I'm not even going to get too deeply into that. That, that shit's real. That's happened to me. Like, I don't really do, like, women's events. Like, women's only, like, lots of... I'm just more of, like, a inclusive feminist. Yes. Where it's like, look, let's do this all together. We all have to occupy the earth together type of thing. Yep. Obviously, there is spaces and important, you know, conversations that need to have amongst women. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's been times where I've gone and I'm like, it smells like estrogen in here. <laughs> a. It's reeking. I feel the energy in here and like literally the next day, I mean, maybe TMI, but you know, you get your period and then I'll text other women that were there and they're like, yeah, I know two other women who were there that got it. And I'm like, see, this shit's for real. I can't be having this shit. Exactly. You manifested that. Um, Go and we can totally cut that part out if you want. But what I was going to say was going to your first, first question when we first sat down when we were getting started was, what are you working on now? What's going on? So we talked about maps. We talked about this brand and who you are and how you present yourself. And I literally just got to this place two weeks ago. Um, But which, you know, I'm really excited. This metaphorical place or this personal place? This personal place. Yeah. um, Where for the longest time, you know, I've, I've, I do so much. I've always been really shy or had a really hard time telling people what I do mm. because I don't want to sound like I'm all over the place and I'm doing way too much, but at the same time I am. Yeah. And it's taking like how do you commodify owner- it. Exactly. Commodify it, taking ownership of it. Um, I don't know if it's like a woman thing or Asian thing or whatever. I've always just been more like, Oh, play the humble card. And then like, but then these titles are also important because yeah. it's how you navigate, it's how people can figure out who you are, how to work with you. And, it, and in a positive light. Right. Sure. So, um, it's, I've always struggled with it. And it's, even when I was in undergrad, when I was in school, a lot of my professors were like, Sophie, you're like doing way too much because I not only majored in illustration at Parsons School of Design. Right. Um, Shout out to Parsons. I, I also audited classes outside of my major to study like typography and motion graphics and HTML and packaging design and all this stuff that like illustration majors mainly don't do. And then, you know, did all these internships, which I mentioned on our last podcast. So like learning all this stuff and my professors are always like, you're doing too much. Just pick like one thing and just be good at that. And, and that's it. 
And even nowadays, I'll see people literally like 12, 12 years later into my prof- like professional career, people will be like, so Sophia, you're like, you're doing a lot. Right. You're, but but like, you're always doing a lot. No, but, I always don't need to do it. But it's almost like it's a bad thing. It's almost like it's a bad thing that you're so busy that oh. you're doing too much. You think that, you think though like, that's, Oh, do you think that's just people like trying to find something to talk to you about? Yeah, I, I'm sure, but it, I think it has an effect on me because I've always been told stop doing all these things, just pick one thing. Right. And then, you know, now in the past 4 or 5 years since I've moved into more of like a teaching space, I teach online classes, I do public speaking, I've been teaching workshops, right. mainly because this is just in me, shit that I learned. I found a way to package it and hopefully be able to like educate and empower other people. Yeah, in it. for sure. And, and, and has. It's been very well received. I realize it's been difficult too because people have this weird like, like I don't really get it. Like right. you're an illustrator though. Why are you like teaching on social media? So when I first, so I actually came up with this entire social media course um, that's on Skillshare now. Oh, it's tight. all about building your online presence, crafting your online presence, how to use social media, specifically Instagram, as this powerful tool yes. if you're a small business owner. No matter yes. what you are, an accountant, a florist, or whatever, how can you use um, Instagram to tell better stories? Um, and kind of like tips and tricks on it. It's actually one of Skillshare's top performing classes to this day. Amazing. The weirdest, craziest part was years ago, shortly after I graduated, maybe a year or two after I graduated Parsons, I had created this course because social media was kind of picking up for me as my work. And obviously in traditional school, you're like, okay, build your portfolio, make these postcards, send that out to people. And then I started to use social media and obviously I was doing great work. I already did great work in my internship. So then that, that was like an easy move. And so I wanted to go back to my school and teach this course. I created an entire syllabus. It was for an entire semester. Couldn't get it to the right ears. Chopped it around Parsons, chopped it around Pratt, couldn't get it in the right ears. Even eventually went to Skillshare and they turned me down because they were like, wait, but you're an illustrator. Why yeah. don't you just teach on drawing? Why are you teaching on social media? Oh, that sucks. And years later, they actually came yeah. back to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we made it happen. And then it ended up doing really well. Yes. <laughs> Champion. Um, so, so that happened. But long story short, I literally like maybe two or three weeks ago got to this place where I'm like, I'm going to start, like, I'm going to stop asking for permission yeah, for myself. Of course. I'm going to, like, just be okay with being everything. Yes, yes. Because I've always been like, how do I explain myself to people? Oh, I'm like a Swiss Army <laughs> knife. Um, and then I came up with this thing like, oh. I use that term too, I was Swiss like, Army oh, knife. I'm like a, I'm like a, 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 was it, a conductor at an orchestra, but I also know how to play all the instruments. Oh, and it's yeah. Like, but I yeah. think saying that to people it's like, like the prince approach to yeah music. like people get overwhelmed by you and then they look at you and they're like oh okay and then i don't know i've always been like super self-conscious about it oh but i feel now, like you've been navigating it so well thanks from the outside but like really yeah. taking ownership of it and being okay with all of these titles and, and things that i'm doing sure. i've just like re- recently became okay with it mainly because the project started piling on yeah so to answer your question what i've been working on these days still the sophia chang stuff the illustration the design the teaching um i still have undo the magazine we're still building the platform i love the magazine we're going to keep we're going to start working on issue 10 starting next year i started to do a little bit of talent management with friends who are looking for support going through people's emails dms and then more in like more recently I've been doing this the past few years, but I never branded it and built like an actual entity around it, which kind of, I can actually start filtering my classes through there, but it's actually like brand architecture, brand strategy work. So 
there's two things that I do. I work with small business owners to help them get better organized and build an infrastructure for their systems. Like small business owners are always putting out fires. They're always trying to get new clients. And like there's all of that, but they never, sometimes you look underneath the hood and it's super disorganized. Yes. Eh? They, like it's just all over the place. Hard more to more track often things. than not. Yeah. Or usually like, the case. Or you start getting really busy and you might get like 10 different inquiries a week, but you're still managing the inquiries that are happening, like the projects that are happening now. And it just gets really, really overwhelming. So it's it's how to like kind of help people get really organized. It's essentially right. Marie Kondoing your productivity for a small business owner. <laughs> and then the brand. Oh, that's art, a great way to think about yeah, that. Yeah. And the brand strategy stuff is more like, hey, it's a three to four hour session where let's take a step back. Yes. And let's let's um, kind of review where your business is at. What's your like two year plan, your five year plan? What are some goals that you have? And let's start mapping out these goals for yourself so that you turn all these fun, exciting, creative ideas into like actual actionable steps yeah. that you can take moving forward. And you get clarity and organization on like your brand pillars, your like vision for your company. Um, do you want to scale? Do you want to grow? Like, uh, what what clients do you want to work with? What, what should we be doing? What 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 jobs actually help you get money? What right. jobs do you actually like? Right. And like, just being able to be coached through that thought process is extremely valuable for creatives because yeah. like we're so all over the place and we That's don't true. have a chance to like think uh, and and organize our thoughts. Right, right, right. Um, and keep so it on the rails. So that's been a business. Yeah. I call it kind of creative cartography. Creative which cartography. Is, yeah, which in, in Latin, there's this term called terra incognita, which is what they used to call um, people like maps and areas of the maps that or the world that were never recorded or discovered or probably mm. pro prob properly like mapped out. So it's unknown land. Yeah. And that's kind of what that is. I, I believe that all of the creativity and the ideas exist in each and every one of us. The future projects are right. all already there. It's just extracting it. It's yeah. getting it out. It's tapping into deep work and concentration and focus to be able to like get that out instead of, you know, putting out the fires on day to day, dealing with all the notifications and crazy stuff. Right, right. Which is most of the job. Yeah. Which is totally needed. Yeah. And it's great. But like how, and I'm always looking to better my productivity so I can work faster and be more efficient and trim away the fat to be more and more refined. And I'm constantly working on this calibration because I aspire for way too much and I kind of have to. <laughs> um, and, but now it's like packaging that and offering as like a service to champion yeah. small businesses, um, you know, potentially work, work with small companies as well. Like maybe if they have like 200, 300 employees and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's like another area of focus. And then, for the longest time, I've been wanting, I, I've always talked about kind of email etiquette. This is like a whole nother project I'm working on now. Email etiquette. That actually, I was thinking about that being part of, I'm, I might teach a class at SVA uh, in 2020. But then what? that, yeah. Wow. I know. 2020, fall 2020. Well, watch out, kids. Come to the class, whatever the fuck I call <laughs> Come it. To the, watch yeah, out, watch out, kids. kids. Come to the class. <laughs> Wow, I'm off to a great Are you start. Drinking your coffee? I drank it. Oh, you took the whole thing. I took the shot. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I am. Uh, I'm serious about this concept. Okay, I'm still working on it. Okay, you're cool. still working I'm on it. Oh, on Sophia, it. you're you're oh, disappointing God. me so greatly. I'll take a huge swig. <laughs> yeah. Could you? Could could you catch up from a caffeination standpoint? Uh huh. <laughs> the look on your face. We need to take a photo of that. Actually, take another swig. And let's. No, oh, another one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I am my heart's going to pop out of my chest. I'm Let's all watch back. Sophia's uh, heart explode. She loves it. <laughs> Great. No, but we don't want to make Shout office coffee office. look bad. No, but office is dope. I love it. It's just it. espresso. Yeah, it's espresso. Quad chop. Okay. Um, so, 
Yeah, but email etiquette, that's at least a full class, at least a day. It was going to be a day in my class, but it could truly be a full offering because email etiquette, it's so real. And I see it every day where I'm just like, oh, little microaggression. Yep. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, or so-and-so didn't say this thing or so-and-so came in at this point in the, in the email or so-and-so CC'd so-and-so. Yep. It's the, always the CC. That's always a big situation. Um, I'm watching a lot of succession now, so oh. <laughs> yeah, so my, my email etiquette, like mentally, like has kind of entered a completely different space right? In, in conjunction with all that corporate structure, but you know. Well, my whole thing is just like, look, we have eating etiquette. Yes. We have sitting etiquette. Yes. We have standing and subway etiquette. We have, um, talking etiquette, using inside voice kind of thing. And, and now that text and email has been, this, text is a whole nother thing. Oh, but yeah. Like it's been this growing form of communication that yes. we now have that we have to occupy these workspaces with, our yeah. businesses with. And there's, we know all the things that bother us, but there's never been a proper rule guideline situation. Yes. We know you do not, like in America at least, you don't um, like eat, uh, you don't talk with your mouth full. Right. We know that that's like shame, shame, shame. Right. Well, apparently in Asia, that's okay. Um, <laughs> and I'll be with my family Different and I'm rules. like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, but you get the point. Uh, uh, and, and so I wanted to create this illustrated guide to email etiquette. So wow. everything that we fucking hate, right? Have you ever opened up an email where it's just like a huge block of paragraph yeah. and it's no, there's not indentations and you're just reading and you're in somebody's brain and you're right. like, I don't want to be too here. long. Did you? not read. Yeah. Too long. Did not read slash why? Like, why did you just type as you thought? Yeah. What were you, you didn't want yeah. to edit this down. Or the other day I opened up an email that looked like confetti spilled all over my computer screen <laughs> where they somehow, somehow used every compose option to bold, italicize, center, justify, then do left, then do right, then do colors and highlights. I, I don't, I don't know what it was. Designing I the it. email. I closed it. Yeah. No, it, no way. It drove me crazy. Too much. Too much happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that's just a little snippet. I kind of wrote a big part of the book already. And, and I think a lot of the creativity started pouring out very, very recently. Yeah. Because it was just like, I stopped trying to cap it. Because it was constantly this like, your role, your title, like, you're an illustrator. If I try to do a book, people are going to be confused. If I try to build a, a website for this company, it's like, I don't think people are going to get it. And then I just got to a point where I'm like, I don't really fucking care. Yeah, who fucking I'm just going to do this. This is why I'm just, this is just going to come out and just totally. spill all over the place and whatever. I feel like you were one of the first like designers, illustrators, creative thinkers that out of the gate, like, especially like so early in your career really was facilitating a brand for yourself. But then it hit at such a point of where the idea of, of, um, uh, this is a terrible term, but, uh, the kind of the influencer creative, like became a thing, mm -hmm. you know, where at the really at the birth of Instagram in the early days of Twitter and, and pushing your brand out through those channels empowered you to, you know, be more effective for your own work. Right. I, I think you really hit at that, that, that very important point. I know, but it I think you navigated it so means. well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't intentional. I mean, my whole approach is just storytelling, right? When we were talking about deck design, it's just revealing content <laughs> yeah. and information It really to does all go back to deck design. Yeah, it really, that's really what it is. If yeah. you can perfect that, you can be a that's great true. artist and creative. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, my, my InDesign life is like so intense. I'm always in it every day for yeah. almost anything I do. Yeah. Um, so... When it comes to that, like, are you actually doing the book? Like, what, what's happening now with, with that? Are you going to pitch it? That literally happened as a... last week. Okay. What my dream is, and I'll declare it here on the radio, on, on, you know what, now I'm like, oh, I hope no one steals my idea. Actually, I'll just do it really fast. Um, and, <laughs> but the whole point is to make it a book. It's a little guidebook, right? Okay. And I, my dream for it 
is to be able to have it be this like little guidebook. It's, it can be kitsch. Yes. Because people think it's funny. Right. But I also want to have this be like an official, let's put this out there because it's fucking crazy and we're yeah. all t- over it. So it's going to be a little, literally the concept of it, the history of email. So how to use every fucking composure like option. In yeah. There. yeah. And, and apps and things that I use and things like that. I started using Superhuman. Are you familiar with it? It's no. a $30 per month email client that you use. And it's okay. the whole theory is that it helps you get through your email faster. Which Thirty dollars a month. Yeah, but it actually is pretty amazing. That's more than Disney Plus. Yeah, I know. I don't even have Hulu and Spotify anymore. Trying to save money running your really? own business. Really? Yeah. Wow. Anyways, so Spotify, if you want to give me a free, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Shout out to Spotify. Um, um so I just keep creating. Hit, hit I up just your girl using, I just keep using. I just keep using new like email addresses for Hulu for a free month. <laughs> uh, it's been working pretty well, you know. Um, well, what's on Hulu that's good content? Oh, I guess they do. Castle like- Rock. I've been watching that and it's really good. Really? You're watching yeah, Castle I'm Rock? I'm into it. Stephen huh. King, man. I, I don't like horror movies, but I do like thriller a lot. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Backtracking with the book. So the dream is to put the book out, guidebook, cute little like situation. Yeah. But at the same time, grow it to be What's a little- What's the MSRP? Be it, grow it to be, I haven't thought that far, okay. but grow it to be a little post, uh, like, not a little poster, but a big poster, like, yes. the, like the choking victim poster. <laughs> and hopefully it's one of those yes. posters that every HR company puts up in their company. Yes. Okay. Or, or like, we you need know, that. like the Helvetic, the big Helvetica calendar, you know how like most designers have that. I right. want it to be that, like one of those staple pieces. Yes. And then I would love for it to have a cult following and then it gets translated into like different languages and everyone just gets on the same page with email etiquette. That's the whole thing. Yeah. What what are you going to call it? Email etiquette? Just email etiquette. I'm not a good namer. (laughs) I don't think it gets any clearer than email etiquette. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Plus with your personal stamp on it, it just becomes like a thing. Yeah. So, so now I'm just trying to transition. I have my name officially trademarked. So, you know, and, Uh, but, but, but no big deal, but, um, no lightweight flex. Um, but, I'm trying to t- basically build it into a Sophia Chang company. Yes. So these different pillars kind of fall underneath there. Yeah. So, and then I'm also working on an e-commerce platform as well with a business partner. Um, it's called Common Ace. And it's, a, it's essentially going to be a uh, e-commerce platform where women can shop mostly like streetwear stuff, but find what they want. Because right now we have to go to like 12 different websites and shop yeah. around everywhere to try to find what we want because right. it's really, really hard to you know, find things in that space for women, but we essentially want to build that lifestyle one-stop shop where it's this like lifestyle element, but also very curated group of product, affiliate based. And so we'll see. The future is bright. The decade's going to be awesome. (laughs) So, hey. Yeah. So let's do it. So I want to go back to a couple of things I want to talk about from the last interview, Mm -hmm. the last episode, Um, going back into the brand situation as well. Uh, you were one of the first designers that I'd ever seen have a sneaker affiliation, a sneaker collab, early, early. Like, Thanks. yeah, for sure. Like, like I remember when you came out with the Puma, uh, with the Puma models. I was like, yo, Sophia's crushing it because I'd never really seen that before. But now yeah. it feels like such a regular thing. Yeah. Did did you, did that hit you at the time? That because even now with your with your great relationship with Adidas, right? Yeah. Like, what was that like in in those early days? And this was. A long time ago, but also not so long ago. Yeah, I mean, I was excited. I thought it was great. Um, the opportunity kind of just fell on my lap, yeah. as in just just random, like through friends of friends situation. Um, and then literally, I had I, had, I went to Tokyo, was hanging out, met, met someone who's a friend of a friend, 
uh, who happened to work at Puma. Yeah. And next thing you know, he like emails me like a year or two later. That's like, hey, can you, do you want to get on a call really fast? So we get on this call and there's all these Puma people on there and they're like, pitch, <laughs> they're pitching me. And Crazy. I was like, maybe like 22, 23 at the time. I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm more of a, yeah. But like, I think for me, like I know what I'm capable of and I'm always looking to explore more. And so it was just like, okay, let's see where this goes. Um, and we kind of just went for it. It was a great learning opportunity for everyone. Yeah. Because at that time, and I, and I didn't really realize this. How many models did you do with them? Um, so there were 16 different sneaker SKUs for Crazy. men and women. We also had apparel and accessories. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know. I forgot how many SKUs there were with that. And so, you know, it was, I think it was a learning experience for everyone. There were growing pains as well. Because w what my friend mentioned, one of my friends who, uh, Frank Cooker. You know Frank? No, I don't think oh, I do. Oh, he's at Jordan. Anyways, um, one of, I saw him recently when we were talking about the, the collection. And he was just like, yeah, like, at that time, brands weren't doing that. Like, they brands weren't, weren't working with, like, normal people. You had to be, like, Pharrell Williams or, like, right. Kanye. Right. And so that was a really interesting moment i was confused i was yeah. just like look i'm just gonna do this right even from an illustrator perspective the artist like it was mostly it was just unheard of yeah like Plus me like asian girl <laughs> new york it was just like it was such a glow up yeah it was just like random but i mean prior to that vashti had done her first pair of jordan threes, oh right which was huge as well like the first woman and i think i didn't really think about it but the whole female <laughs> thing the reproductive whatever reproductive organ you have apparently is a big <laughs> thing um, which I'll talk about in a second, but, um, but, but, you know, it was a lot of growing pains for sure because brands didn't even know how to navigate and work with a creator. Like a big part of my apparel collection, I didn't actually get to work on it with design. Like I worked on it with designers via email. Yes. So I didn't get to actually go to their HQ to pick fabrics or anything yeah. like that. It was just a cosign. Um, yeah, it was just some... a cosign in many ways. Um, and, you know, there are things that I would have changed about the process and there are for things sure. that I would have changed about the outcome. But at the end of the day, like, I'm a glass is always full kind of person. Yeah. And I definitely believe that it helped put my work on the map. Absolutely. It elevated a lot of opportunities and open doors for so many people, whether Hit you're creative or hard. female or blah, 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 all of that. Like, and I think that was great to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, but even just down to the gender based stuff, I like, it was like a huge aha moment for me because when the collection came out and then, you know, sneaker culture became this whole thing yeah. where there were hardcover books and all this attention on yes. it. Um, Brooklyn Museum had done an exhibit called uh, something about like, oh, out of the box or something like that. I remember that. Yeah. And it was like a bunch of sneakers. It was and, like four and, years ago. And they put my sneakers in the exhibit. Oh, so I went for the yeah. opening. There was like press and media hour. And there were like crazy questions that I've never heard of. So people were asking me, hey, Sophia, what's it like making sneakers as a, you know, creating sneakers as a female? And I was like, Huh? What's, that, what's that even mean? Which, which you know, for me, I, it was like, it's like- Females have been making sneakers for I decades. Didn't, I didn't take offense to it. Yes. I was just like, I've never had anyone ask me this, nor did I ever shape that dialogue from that perspective. Yeah. And then I it clicked for me. I realized I grew up in Queens, super diverse. Sneaker culture wasn't even sneaker culture. It was just a thing right. for us. We just grew up like that. We just looked like that. And exactly. that was just, it wasn't like hype beast. It wasn't sneaker head. There were none, none of those words existed. Yeah. And so I just realized that these press people, they don't know anything. They're just on the outside looking in. And I realized everyone associates like sneakers with women, uh, with men. So when they see someone like me, they're like, wait, how did this girl who looks like that, who's Asian, speaks English perfectly from New York, 
you know, an artist, but then created sneakers. They're like, what? I, I don't get that. This is unheard of. Yeah, How unheard is that possible? of. Um, we can't let them do that. The boobs get in the way. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, no, it was just like, it was so bizarre. And, and I even had people ask me like, oh, you know, um, you know, sneakers are usually for like black culture. Like, what's it like for, for you to create sneakers? And I was like, what? What does that even mean? Like, kind of, yeah. that, that, that one was a little offensive. I yeah. was like, are you kidding me? Exactly. Who asked that question? And then, the, but you know before, what? You like, know. I think in those those situations, the people are not trying to be nasty. They're not trying to be mean. Yeah. They just really, it's more like. They just don't know. Like, they just don't know. It's not even like, it's just, to some extent, it's ignorance, but like. But like it's an opportunity to teach and to like yeah. show and educate, For and sure. that's what like I try to, you know, over the years and maturing, like you don't get upset at these things. You right, realize right. it's an opportunity to teach and share. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, it's, it's it, you. You are in in an opportunity to guide the conversation and thus correct their yeah. their misperception. And that was like the biggest moment in my career and just my personal growth where it's like, wow, the rest of the world seriously looks at you and that's what they see. They yeah. see Asian female and then everything that you do and then it's like disconnect because that doesn't exist. And like we're in the art scene so we know lots of other Asian people. Yeah, for sure. But like from the outside looking in, it's like, you know, even when I did the dribble conference, majority of the speakers were white. Majority of the people that put it together were. Yeah. And, it's, and it's not like... Uh, a race thing. It's just like, wow, we do realize that there is a lack of diversity and like public presentation yeah. and those people being in the spotlight in a more mainstream manner. Yeah. So, you know, I, that's why I'm very specific on my social media. I'm very specific on, on how I position myself in the market publicly because it affects like, I don't do a lot of stupid shit because I realize that affects the opportunities that may lie for future generations, for other people who are creatives or people of color and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just got to make sure that, you you know, if you have the mic, if you're in the spotlight, you're actually laying down the opportunities for other creators. Yeah, exactly. And and, yeah, holding up like the. Like being that that torchbearer, that that uh, that person holding the the uh, mercurial fire that allows people to see what's possible, right? And then also sets the example. I think you're doing a great job of that. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I, you. <laughs> oh, this, <Oops. laughs> oh, there's more. We'll just turn Everybody. it off. We'll just. Well, so many people in here. As we're winding down. There we go. Um, so as we're winding down, um, I'd like to touch on a couple things for Undo, this event that's going to happen today. Mm-hmm. What people are the... show up because it's raining. But oh, yeah. I know. No, people will show up. You know people will, will come through. Mm-hmm. What are the main touch points for the issue right now? I know it's about aging, but just talk us a little bit through that. Okay, so every issue of Undo Max, this is our ninth issue. Yes. Um, we usually put out two issues a year. This year was super crazy, and this issue was just insane yeah. as far as getting submissions. What's the page count for this late. one? This is like close to 200, which wow. is our thickest issue yet. Usually we're like not that crazy. Usually yeah. we're like almost like a third. And it's funny because we look at all our other magazines and we're like, this feels so flimsy. You know? Um, but <laughs> this yeah, is a pamphlet. Um, every issue is thematic. So we're, we don't, we, we design every issue to be typically very evergreen. So it's not, it's not really seasonal. Like, oh, fall, winter, blah, blah, blah. So we have a theme for every issue. This issue is on aging. And it's under the idea of, you know, aging is this natural process that's all like going to happen to all of us. It's not like you age overnight. It's not like all of a sudden thing. It's, it's this delicate like dance that happens over time. Right. 
And so what can we learn from with every decade of our lives, whether we're aging mentally, physically, biologically, like all this stuff, there's all these different ways to approach it. And so this is this open platform as it always is um, to be able to share those stories. So we had a lot of great features in there and contributors that were over the age of 40 or 50 or 60, whatever. And um, yeah, and it was just like sharing their stories, uh, whether it was fitness related or community or just their mentality on things. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like a little key to, for us, for younger generations to be like, wow, the answers are all there and they're still learning. Um, and everyone's still figuring it out, but how can we kind of embrace that? Because I think our culture too, a lot of times it's like, oh yeah, uh, what is it? What's YOLO stand for again? You only live once. Yeah, you only <laughs> YOLO, live once. Yes. You only live once, or uh, live fast, die young. Right. You know, Rick Ross, like all this kind of stuff, which is like, with Undo, our basis is, you know, health is everything. It's really important. We have to repackage this so people get it. Like even with my work, I do so much. It's crazy. Yeah. I have to work with my body. I need to understand my body in this machine to find that balance in order to like do this for decades and decades and decades. That's what I plan on doing. I don't plan on like cashing out and hanging out on the yacht, unfortunately. Right, I just want sure. to do this forever for as long as I can. Um, and so like, how can we take care of ourselves to, to keep up with our bodies, right? We know we all have been there where like your bodies are like, mm -mm, we're not doing this today. We're going to go to bed. <laughs> we're going to go to bed. We're not going to walk. Yes. We're just not going to move. Yeah. Um, but our mind is telling us, you know, let's do all of these things. And so it's just finding that balance. And so, yeah, this issue is is great. We've got some great contributors like yourself. Um, we have this amazing photographer, OG photographer, Mark Baptiste, who shot a ton of stories in for us. We have these amazing people who like, like Andrew Morales, great photographer. He pulled all these Wilhelmina models for us. And we're mm. like, uh, yeah, wow. sure. And then just throwing in streetwear in there too, you know, yeah. which is like a basis of that as well. Um, yeah, and it's just tying community in together, friends, family, internet people, and it's all coming together. And we curated it. I, I designed every millimeter of the page. Yes, beautiful. Um, and Who shot the cover? Uh, so the cover is shot by Mark Baptiste. Tight. And the man who's on the cover is Lano Brazil. He's actually our friend's dad, but he's also like a world famous model. Yeah, male model. amazing look. He's so beautiful. I he's bet. very beautiful and we were so honored to have him. And you know, we've obviously been aware of him and, and his son had actually helped us out with the magazine previously and even modeled for us in the past. So it's just, it's just full circle. It's just one big family. Yeah. So we're so excited to just like have everyone come out today yeah. and just be around. And I remember you came to a couple of our launches and this is just like when people meet, they meet new friends. They, and uh, maybe I shared Diane Popo, eating Popos with you before Diane Chang. Oh, no, I don't think you did. Yeah, she's an amazing chef. But anyways, I met her at one of our launches previously. But yeah, it's great. It's just like your family keeps on growing. Yeah, it does. And um, one of our favorite things with the magazine, too, is when people start collaborating with each other within the magazine. Like, yo, like, oh, you did that piece? Yeah, like, I'm super into that. Yeah, oh, I follow your work and all this stuff. Right. And, and that is so great. What do you think the benefit is of of cultivating your your personal community? Because uh, also this podcast is like a little bit of that for me as well, of like cultivating like a, a group of like-minded individuals that are all either communicating by virtue of being in a similar space. Oops, that, <laughs> I thought Rimshot was going to be a basketball hoop <laughs> shot, not joke. Yeah, to be a, that's fine. It would be a swoosh. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was going to be a swoosh. Yeah, there fine. you go. Um, no, but uh, yeah, by cultivating like a group of like-minded individuals that all grow and progress t 
together, speaking of aging, so like down the line, you all can like lean on each other for, for future things down the road. Is that something that was always in the back of your head? Yeah, I mean, it's all, and, and that's where Vasha and I are definitely super, super aligned. Um, we go, both grew up, we both grew up in church, but we also both grew up with this mentality of community, yeah. with village, with like sharing, like a big part of my personal career for sure only came about because other people were like, hey, check this girl out. Or yeah. like, hey, meet Sophia. Or like, oh, you need someone for this? Let me pass along your work. Right. And it still continues to grow to this day. And I want to continue to give back. Yeah. That's the only reason why I got to where I am. And I'm a huge believer of that process. And like, why not? I don't know. I'm just not selfish. And like a lot of people are like, oh, you're introducing these brands to all these other opportunities. You should get a cut from it. And I'm like, yeah, I can. Yeah. I can. But like, you know, yeah. I, I don't want, I guess you can say karma or whatever. It's like, I guess for me, it's like selfless in a way where I'm just like, I'm good. I have my own career. We're fine. We make money. Yeah. We're doing the best we can. If you've got something great, why keep it from someone else? And and I guess it's more of a New York mentality too. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, let's give it out. Yeah, give it out. Yeah. Share, create. There's I don't too much care. energy. I, I want to put it down the Yeah, world. I want to see what you guys create together. Yeah. You know, that'd be so cool. Do you remember um, a couple of years ago? I mean, this mentality also still exists. But, uh, you know, the, the the pushback against, like, free spec work and, like, doing work for free, right? Right. Which, and I don't believe in spec work necessarily, but, but I do believe in doing work that's meaningful, and I don't always do work for money, of course, yeah. right? Uh, wh- what do you think has been that shift? Is it because the need for content? Is it the need for to, to build a brand? Like, that is then right. not always the need for, for commerce to ex- exist at the same time? I mean, I think a big part of it is is definitely it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah, of course. Because some people are just super militant about it. Yeah, there's plenty of freelancers I know, and I don't blame them at all. Who are like, um, I I only blame you if you're starting out and you have that attitude. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's Cause very it's a, true. It's a but again, they get it because of the people they look up to are sharing right. messages like that. Like, fuck you, pay me. Oh, um, right. You know, no more free shit. Like, like if you ask me to do shit for free, then it's like a whole attitude thing. And there's all these memes about it. Which I get, yes. right? But I, I. But I'm like, no one's like, no one's ever asked you to do shit. First of all, yeah, a person who just started, yeah. And it's like, it's like, if, but at the end of the day, if you're passionate about your work, and I think a lot of people are jaded as well, yeah, which is unfortunate. People start jaded though. Yeah. Like, what's up with that? I knew a lot of people who were like that too, who like felt like they were too good. They've already done too much work in college um, to yeah. have to do stuff for free. But I, I, I think you and I are similar in the sense where we just have so much energy mm. and creative energy and we work fast and we just yeah. we just want. We just want to create. If yeah. you can give us a prompt and a reason to create and we're into it, yeah, exactly. we're going to do it. I'll just go for we it. We can't even keep ourselves from not doing it, which sometimes can be a problem because then you overwhelm <laughs> yourself with too much stuff, yes. which I've gotten better with with you know age and time yeah. to be better at like maintaining that threshold. Right. My life is like a telephone booth and just people are trying to squeeze in constantly. Oh, fun. Yeah. That's good. Well, yeah. I'm glad I made it in. Uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this telephone booth is a listening party. Exactly. Studios. And Canal Street, ra- Anal- Canal Street Radio. <laughs> radio. Yeah. Um, Anal Street Radio. But yeah, so, so here we are. And I think, I mean, I'm into it. I think, I mean, to go into it in a little bit of detail, I just think that if it makes you happy and it feeds you, and it's a portfolio piece, like, why not? You know, it all makes sense. So, uh, on that note, as we're wrapping up, so where can we find you? Um, uh, for the listeners, just tell us again about uh, about all the places we can find Sophia, and also let's uh, where can we find Undo, and Vasha, we would love to know where we can find you as well. Oh, I'm hiding. <laughs> okay, great. Um, you can find me on the internet, 
If on the you Google internet. My, no, I'm just kidding. Um, right now, my SEO is not great because there's a number of people that are on there, and it's okay. Um, but my Instagram is E-S-Y-M-A-I, and that's the same thing as my website. Yep. And the only reason why I stuck with it was because I was in high school, one of my good friends, everyone was tagging, and that was the best name they could come up with for me. It's my initials, S-C-E-S-Y, yep. and then I am backwards. So, you know. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, where can we find Undo? <laughs> um, we can find Undo on at Undo Ordinary underscore um, on Instagram and on our website where you can see all of our work for the past six years on UndoLab.com. Or if you're around, actually, I was going to invite people today, but that's not going to happen. It's I know that's around. not quite going to work, but it's okay. <laughs> Rimshot. Damn. See, Sophia is so multifaceted that she is... Uh, also doing the outro and also working the soundboard. I can't wait. Yeah, I wish exactly. I, 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 if I had one of these, <laughs> it'll be a wrap. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. So thanks to Sophia for showing up and coming through. Hopefully that was at the intersection of fun, ridiculous, but also educational. And also shout out to Vasha, her partner, for making a little cameo at the end. Uh, but that said, you can find this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast content. Please rate us and drop a review. It helps spread the good word. Go to firstgenburden.com for all the episodes. On Instagram, we're at firstgenburden. Also, you can find me, your host, at rich underscore tu. No so shout out to Listening Party Kanalshi Market, where this is recorded. You can follow them at, at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. Thanks to DesGen team for all their support. Also, don't forget, this Thursday, we have a bonus episode with Sophia, so come back for that. And then after that, we drop again on Monday. See you later, everyone. Bye.